Welcome to The Wood Podcast, where we explore solutions to some of the world's most critical challenges in energy and the built environment. I'm your host, Lauren Gallagher. Thank you for joining the first episode in our Connected Operations series, where we discuss how artificial intelligence is changing industrial processes for the future. COVID-19 has accelerated out-of-the-box thinking to enhance operations in a post-pandemic world. With increased appetite for artificial intelligence, or AI, and cloud collaboration, autonomous systems are projected to grow to more than 800 million in operation by 2025. Today, Wood and Microsoft guests speak to how they are teaming up to leverage the full potential of data science and domain expertise through Project Bonsai, a disruptive tool in the market that makes the power of AI automation within reach for all industrial operations. They will provide insight into where and how organizations can start embracing this technology. I'm joined today by Prabhu Parthasarathi, Vice President of Applied Intelligence for Wood. Evolving Wood's portfolio of intelligent software solutions and technical partnerships, he is reshaping the world of industrial controls across multiple industries. Prabhu is based in Houston, Texas. We're also joined today by Winston Jenks, Technical Director in Wood's Applied Intelligence Group, Winston brings leading simulator products to market that enhance communication with industrial processes and controls. Winston is also based in Houston. And finally, our partner and special guest, Kenst Anderson, Principal Program Manager for Microsoft Autonomous Systems. A pioneer in the autonomous system space, he has designed over 100 learning control systems for enterprise companies. Kenst is based in San Francisco, California. Thank you all for joining today. From wind turbine optimization to climate management systems, next generation control systems inspire innovation and produce significant improvements in efficiency and quality. Why is it critical for businesses to invest in AI? And what factors do we depend on to make this tool a success? Prabhu, let's start with you. There are areas where it's worth making an investment into AI-based control solution, right? Uh, where you would want to use it is essentially uh, places where control is hard because the system is so dynamic. There are uh, multiple goals that 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 you have to make a decision on the fly. Which goal do I choose? Which one do I give a priority to right now? Uh, and so these are decisions that humans make a lot of times. The advantage of AI-based control is actually it can determine that priority on the fly and make a decision. Um, so that I think that would be one of the key areas I'd look at wherever you see problems that have multiple goals uh, and they have different priorities and then they're also very dynamic. Kent, what are your thoughts? I want people to understand the significance of simulation because to me, one of the biggest challenges of AI is people either think it's complete hype, like it's all marketing, um, nobody's really doing anything, or it's some sort of, you know, magic you know the ai can will be able to figure out everything you know we're talking about you know the things we see in the, in the movies maybe the, the movies that are a little bit darker about ai than than short circuit but the reality is it's much closer to the middle um ai can do some amazing things in the circumstances that you talked about those really kind of fuzzy and nuanced dynamic situations but you need one the simulation um that can represent the system, that's not easy to come by. You know, we have folks that worked on their simulation for 13 years, you know, for, for advanced chemical processes. It is not easy 
to get your control system deployed into a production factory because there's so many different form factors on the edge, you know, types of equipment that need to be connected to, and they have to be demonstrated in very specific ways or else no one's going to deploy that technology, whether it's AI or whether it's a traditional control system. Knowing that systems are tested rigorously before deployment, Winston, I'm wondering, is this true for AI controls as well? I'm beginning to wonder if we're not going to need perhaps something different to test the uh, an AI deployment. Um, I mean, sure, look, you can do the, the, the same thing that we've been doing in the past, right? Expose it to this uh, situation, expose it to that situation, make sure it does the right thing, you know, in all those situations. But remember, you're going to be asking, um, you know, uh, an AI agent to perform actions in, you know, five or six or 10 or 15 situations where it learned how to do that over the course of, you know, 2 million operations or 2 million uh, episodes. I, I like the idea that you're talking about there. You're basically, what I hear you saying is, we're gonna have to have more rigorous and comprehensive testing because the AI-based control systems know how to do a lot more across a lot more scenarios. I, I do think that, uh, you know, we'll currently we'll use our existing technology to do the assessment, but I think down the road, we will find that there will be some uh, either new technology needed or some, some different methods employed uh, to really feel very comfortable about uh, a brain and its deployment. Project Bonsai was launched by Microsoft within the last year. It enables engineers to easily build artificial intelligence-powered automation into their most dynamic physical systems and processes, improving production efficiency and reducing downtime without relying on data scientists. Kent, what's the vision for Project Bonsai? Project Bonsai is really unlocking the power of AI for industrial processes. So take a lot of the things that we use day to day, every day, like the basketball hoop that's in my uh, driveway that my son uh, practices on or uh, kayaks or, um, you know, even snack foods. Uh, the uh, processes are controlled by uh, control systems and factories. And AI-based control is able to handle and adapt uh, to changes in ways that previously only humans were able to do. Uh, autonomous systems AI can learn by practicing. It can uh, learn by practicing in a simulation and the same way a human will try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, um, you know, get rewarded, penalized, succeed, uh, not succeed, and then build intuition about what should be done. That's what um, the kind of AI that is built on Project Bonsai can do too. Prabhu, from your perspective, where does the power of Project Bonsai lie? Until about two, three years back, you know, data science was was absolute requirement to be able to uh, leverage the potential of all the new technologies that have been coming out for the last five to 10 years. Um, what Project Bonsai is trying to do is essentially say, well, take the data science because it's a tool, push it to the back end. We want to enable and empower the, the subject matter expertise to be able to 
leverage the power of these technologies without having to learn the hardcore programming requirements you know so you could ca call this low code ai uh, you know you, you you see a lot of low code transformation that's happening across technologies and bonza is essentially low code ai you don't have to know a lot of coding to be able to program this uh, artificial intelligence and you can transfer your knowledge to the artificial intelligence with uh, simple to use terms probably that's a great point about low code and enabling you know democratizing ai that's definitely what we want to do now engineers mechanical engineers chemical engineers controls engineers they know how to write code and they can write code and do write code but it's not their preferred uh you know palette uh, the preferred palette is you know uh, mathematics you know solutions uh you know different heuristics and so it's it's a matter of hey if i have to write in five different programming languages uh, and, and to be able to cobble this AI solution together with all the simulations and whatever language it's written in. Um, and to do that, yeah, software engineer might find that fun, but uh, mechanical engineer doesn't want to have anything to do with that. But if it comes to writing, you know, 20, 30 lines of code that's about me expressing my knowledge of what I want to teach, yeah, that's no problem for a mechanical engineer or a chemical engineer. And that's what we mean by low code. Yeah, and, and that's the exciting part for me is being able to have subject matter experts empowered with the technology. You know, that's where the real promise lies. Is it realistic that Project Bonsai could provide a domain expert with what they need without a data scientist in all cases? So let's let's put it into context. There's uh, about 10,000 data scientists that, you know, do, do this kind of work in the world. Um, we're talking the order magnitude of 10 million subject matter experts. Let's give everyone their due. Um, data science has a function and a purpose. You know, we, we couldn't have perception models or, you know, uh, basically machine learning that would be able to identify, you know, a cat or, you know, a part that's about to break on a railroad uh, car um, without data scientists. But people have been making steel without data scientists for hundreds of years and, and and controlling most of these processes. So I do agree that it has to do with them working together, but um, there's there's an empowerment aspect. Um, let's let's be clear, you know, some of this advanced AI is really difficult, but every complex technology over time becomes democratized and then the technology becomes more accessible. Um, you know, think about you know the the computer, the database the website. These are all things that when they first came out, very, very, very few, very specialized people um, could program them. But over time, the technology matured and allowed that complexity to be abstracted away. Yeah, the, the thing that I like about that, Kent, is that oftentimes when new technology shows up, it's uh, designed to solve a very you know complex problem, one that you know could not be solved by other technologies at the time, and as a result of that, it's often itself complex, right? And therefore, you know, not so easy to pick up. Uh, the thing I like about the Project Bonsai is that uh, simple things are still simple, yet complex things are possible. Winston, could you give us an example of? how this technology has been applied to help equipment and machinery adapt in real time. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one example is the, uh, is, is the startup of a chemical reactor. And, um, you know, it doesn't always happen that you, 
you get to start with the with the tank that's empty and you get to fill it up and you get to specify exactly what's in there uh, and, and set its temperature and so forth. Because when you do that, you can just pretty much follow the prescriptive documentation, you know, that that's been provided about how to start up the reactor. So, uh, but at, there are, you know, industrial processes are you know, typically run for a while, but if there's a hiccup or, you know, you need to pause it, uh, then you may need to restart that reactor from a different state and not from the very well-known state. Uh, and I think what we're finding is that um, uh, this technology is really going to allow us to combine the best of both worlds so that all the plants can operate um, at, with the best performance uh, and, and with the most efficiency. I love what you're saying there, Winston. I love it. Because two of the things that you just said, we, we have experienced as we talk to our customers too. One is... I like the fact that you're separating, you know, rigid rules or procedures. The rigid rules or procedures are very effective when things are going the way they're supposed to or the way you'd like them to. But when they don't, um, then you need to go off the script. You need to improvise. You know, it's a really, you know, kind of nuanced and, and really only experience can help you. You can't even really calculate your way out of it because there, it's, there's so, so many options. And even as experienced operators who have that intuition and, and built the ability to improvise and, and uh, turn the dials in the way to get things back on track, they come up, they have different strategies and preferred strategies. So, so is, is that like Dr. Strange trying to figure out the 14,605 combinations and, and selecting the best route forward? That, that's it. That's it. And for those of us who are not Dr. Strange, you know, we either need 40 years of experience or an AI sitting next to us. Given we're speaking about major industrial processes with people involved, how does AI operate safely in a plant? We, we've done use cases where we're uh, controlling a bulldozer or a, uh, a warehouse robot or a robotic arm that's picking things up or a drone. Surely we've done these things. But most of the time when we're in a factory, we're actually controlling a process as a, at a supervisory level. And our AI usually operates at that same level. So in that way, the same safety systems that are in place to make sure that when the human supervisor gives a command that is executed safely with overrides, uh, with you know shutoffs and things like that, those same things apply when the AI gives a supervisory command. Yeah, and the, the current uh, standards for process safety um, are, are quite prescriptive in terms of what's allowed to uh, act as a safety system and, and what's not. For example, you can't use a, a scripting language to write the code of your safety system because that uh, doesn't have the same level of determinism, especially in terms of garbage collection or something like that, right? That would affect its performance. So uh, AI is not going to be the tomorrow's or next year's safety system. Uh, and it's not gonna replace that. Yes, Winston, this is where you take it right back to the balance. You're talking about the balance between human and machine. We're also talking about the balance between subject matter experts and data scientists, because you know the data scientists and the software engineers that you know might say, and, and I've heard this, um, hey, wait a minute, there's an algorithm that could do this or there's an algorithm that could do that. Um, but, um, when you're dealing with that many possibilities and such a, you know, so many nuanced exceptions, it's not something that you can just throw an algorithm at, even if you really wanted to. Um, and so 
I think the process of the creating the AI is itself a balance of, hey, how much subject matter expertise do we use and how much freedom do we give the AI to learn something interesting, something new that we haven't thought about, and uh, the interplay between the subject matter expert and the data scientist who might be able to develop some new type of predictive model or something that you can uh, build into the AI or use to help the AI make those kind of creative decisions. Thank you for your time and insights today. It's truly inspiring to see this partnership in action. Can you tell us more about how Microsoft and Wood are teaming up to make AI automation solutions a reality with Project Bonsai? You know, if you look at what Microsoft has, they, they've got this amazing technology and, and they're improving uh, and changing technology at such rapid pace or, or improving it at such rapid pace. Um, you know, but but the application of the technology, they've done a great job of identifying so many use cases. Um, Wood has a lot of domain knowledge in several different areas, you know, oil and gas, for instance, upstream, downstream sectors. Uh, we have mining sector, we have power sector, we have renewable sector, you know, experience and domain knowledge in all these different areas. So by being able to combine the technology uh, background of Microsoft with my, with Wood's domain knowledge, uh, we are able to create solutions that that clients really want. We we can look at developing very targeted solutions for specific problems, but at the same time also be able to deploy it uh, wherever we see a high uh, return on investment. You know, clients are struggling with certain types of problems. We are there as their automation experts, and being able to add, uh, being able to look at these problems and see the applicability of AI, we can bring the partnership together to deliver solutions. That's exactly a problem. I'll give you an example. We were uh, working on a, an engineering problem about you know filling tanks. It's called the quad tank problem. And uh, Winston gave us the simulator. We started working with it. And some of the data scientists internally you know, started, started working with it. And then I, but they were having problems solving the the problem, um, and uh, and the, so I did a interview with Win, Winston. I said, Winston, you know, help me out here. And in 15 minutes, using his subject matter expertise, he had broken down the the facets of the problem and the different skills at hand that needed to be taught to the brain. We completely uh, redid our thinking on how to design the brain in a modular way um, in 15, 20 minutes. There was no way in the world that we would have gotten that with just you know, our platform. We provide the platform, we provide the abstraction, you know, we provide the ability to create neural networks and you know, learning algorithms and all that kind of stuff, but we, we can never replace the subject matter expertise. Is Project Bonsai unique? Are there other similar tools out there? Deep reinforcement learning is getting more mainstream and there's, there's a lot of folks um, you know, providing technology that can do the ultimate goal of let's say what bonsai does right uh, but to get there you need to understand what are the different steps required to to train this ai engine the beautiful thing about bonsai is that all of those steps are given to you easily so all you need to do is write a few lines of code connect your simulator and let it run and you know after about 
a million iterations you've got a brain that you can go and assess quickly if not you know run some more scenarios train it more and then you go and deploy the brain i mean the, the ease of the uh, the tool chain is what is so unique about it one last thing before we close we've got this powerful tool with huge potential to transform and enhance industrial processes. What advice do you have for operators starting on this journey? It's definitely production ready technology. What I think people um, go back and forth with or struggle uh, with is which use cases to start with. Uh, Prabhu gave some good points about that earlier. Um, they're the use cases where your existing control systems, your human beings, or your optimization algorithms that are I'm making the decisions have kind of reached the end of their runway, uh, you know, for all major evolution in control systems. And we've taken it as far as it can go. And now we're seeing if there's something else that for very specific reasons, uh, like the ability to incorporate perception, uh, you know, the ability to adapt to more uh, uh, circumstances, uh, probably likes to call it extrasensory perception. And I love that uh, terminology. Uh, so for very specific and unique reasons, this will function as a control system that is the next evolution in control, that's a great place to start. Yeah, one of the things I would I would say is, uh, you know, obviously, to get started, you know, take a small problem that you want to solve, could be an environmental sustainability problem, it could be driving better operational efficiencies in your plant, you know, we're also going to be putting some models out there for people to leverage and go and train themselves, uh, and see how they can uh, make the technology work for them. And that brings us to the close of this episode, where we discussed how Project Bonsai is making the power of AI automation within reach for all industrial operations. If you'd like to connect with today's guests or explore related insights, please visit us at woodplc.com podcast, where you can also subscribe and receive updates to the Wood podcast. At Wood, our curiosity keeps us pushing, innovating, making the impossible possible. Thank you for joining us today on this journey. Take care and be well.